0: Welcome to episode 28 of the Sports on Point podcast. I am your host, Matthew Smith. And I'm
1: Bob the Phenom Williams. I'm
2: the guy pressing the buttons. My name is Bob Severins. Welcome. On today's show, we'll be talking Vic's performance, and I'm not talking cough drops.
1: Or the VapoRub.
0: I'll explain why I think Cam Newton will not lose his eligibility.
1: And we'll also touch and point how the big three might be the big two and the tiny, tiny big man.
2: But before then, we're going to review this week in sports. This is a section where we cover the top shared stories on the internet from every day of the past week, and our host will give a short comment on each of the days. Starting off with Wednesday, Miami Dolphins to replace quarterback Chad Henney with Chad Pennington. Matt?
0: Yeah, ultimately this headline didn't mean anything considering both Henney and Pennington got injured this week. Apparently Miami has a problem with Chad's. A few years ago it was Daling Chads and Dimble Chads and now apparently we've got injured Chads.
1: Yeah you know uh, now their their interests are uh, Patrick Ramsey and Jamarcus Russell. That is definitely not a good outlook for the rest of your season. Not at all.
2: On Thursday Minnesota Vikings quarterback Brett Favre reiterates that this will be his last last season.
1: I like that last last season. Um, I bet you Vegas is out there already taking odds on how this might not actually be his last season. For him, hopefully, for the Vikings, hopefully he needs to do it.
0: Yeah, there's a part of me that thinks that this might actually be true this time just because in the last times he's he's come off of years that have been promising. This year has just not looked good from the get-go, and I don't see it getting much better. Brett Favre kind of indicated that uh, he didn't necessarily want to come back this year in the first place, so I think uh, I think we might be onto something here. He might finally hang him up. One can only hope, anyways.
2: You know, the only one that benefits from him not retiring is Social Security because they don't have to pay out yet. <laughs> On Friday, Minnesota Vikings again. Percy Harvin, out with a migraine, returns to practice. Matt?
0: Yeah, this is actually somewhat meaningless. Yeah, it's important for Percy Harvin to get in there and get his practice reps in, but if he's out with migraines, it could come back at any point in time. So uh, take any news you hear on Percy Harvin with a grain of salt because that just means that's what happened today.
1: Yeah, and we won't actually be worried about that until on Sunday as he's uh, getting ready for the uh, game itself. So yeah, I agree with Matt. Just almost non-story right now.
2: On Saturday, Philadelphia Flyers signed Jeff Carter to an 11-year, $58 million contract extension. Bob?
1: I think the neat thing about this is how we always rag other sports industries with these ludicrous contracts that they they dole out. But you never hear about hockey and how they give out these 11-year contracts worth millions and millions of dollars. You really don't know the the actual effects of this until... The, the contract actually plays out. So this this is almost a wait-and-see type story. At least in this case, it's
0: a 25-year-old guy getting an 11-year contract. There's a chance he'll play till he's 36. I'd, I'd say that uh, it's actually somewhat likely. But you're right, the, the length of the contracts in the NHL are ridiculous. At least the league had the um, wherewithal to avoid the contract that I believe the Blackhawks signed for 30 years, which was going to have a guy play until he was 59. Absolutely ridiculous.
2: On Sunday, this week is just riddled with Minnesota Vikings. Owner Ziggy Wilf says he won't fire Brad Childress. Brett Farver, Farver, Brett Farver's shoulder ailing.
0: Yeah, in other news, Jerry Jones says he's not going to fire Wade Phillips. Oh, wait, that already happened. I don't read anything into this. Brad Childress, he's a goner.
1: Yeah, if it's not next week, this week, it's gonna be by the end of the season, and if not by the end of the season in the offseason. There there's no hope for Brad Childress. Since he's been there, there's been nothing but turmoil up in Minnesota. It'd be interesting
0: if they were to lose 42 to 7 to the Packers in their second matchup against the mini, we get fired the next day. That would be interesting. On
2: Monday, Pittsburgh Steelers considering cutting their kicker Jeff Reed. Bob.
1: Well we find out today they did. I guess this is one of those things where you always uh kind of joke about how the kicker is really not important and it really isn't as, as long as the game you know they the game on Sunday they really had no chance so I, I don't know if they're just trying to throw someone under the bus or if, if it was a performance-based cut yeah, I believe uh I
0: believe he's missed seven field goals so far this year and that's obviously not ideal what it comes down to in the NFL, if you're a kicker, your job is to make field goals. And if you don't do that, there's no good reason for a team to hang on to you.
2: And rounding the week off on Tuesday, Roy Halliday, the unanimous National League Cy Young winner from MLB.com. What are your thoughts, Matt?
0: I have no problem with Halliday winning the award. I think unanimous is a little bit surprising. I would have thought at least one vote would have gone the way of Tim Lincecum or Ibaldo Jimenez. Uh, I know he fell off a little bit at the end of the year, but one vote. Come on, just one.
1: Yeah, that is kind of shocking. I I know Halliday had a phenomenal year and almost helped uh, Phillies go to the uh, World Series themselves. But, yeah, that is kind of a disturbing trend.
2: And that's been This Week in Sports. Now to our To the point section. This is a section where we have an open format chat that will hit the main topics in sports this week and allow for more flexibility and opinion. Let's get started, gents.
0: Well, Mr. Severns, I know that you have some uh, deep-felt personal feelings about this since it took you to the woodshed in the fantasy football yeah, this Yeah, thanks,
2: thanks a lot, Mike. At least our uh, league isn't like – I heard a uh, guy at work was saying he played against Vic and his opponent actually scored 89 points versus your, I think, 59 points by a single player against me and you, you're drubbing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's ni- nice to see. Um, so yeah, Michael Vick with the outstanding performance this week against his, uh, well, against his, the guy he replaced at the quarterback position in Donovan McNabb, unbelievable numbers. I believe he had four touchdowns in the first quarter. Does
1: this, uh, does this put him back on pace for a possible MVP award? Uh, I don't know if you'll give him an MVP award yet, considering he's missed a lot of games, uh, but I did. I think if he continues at the pace that he's going at, he'll at least uh, get into the hunt for the most improved player award. Yeah, you know, depending on what fantasy league you're playing in, um, his, his
0: points obviously could range up to as high as 89. I think that's a um, stupid league if it has that kind of a rule set up. But that's beside the point. Um, standard rules, which somebody somewhere came up with, uh, says that he would have had a 57 point performance, which ranks as the highest point performance by any player in the NFL since the invention of fantasy football. So it's a pretty impressive performance when you look at those numbers, especially when you start comparing it to, uh, you know, Jerry Rice's 300-plus yards total offense, five touchdown days. Uh, There was a couple of, uh, well, let's see, there was the, uh, what was it? Clinton Portis a few years back with 218 yards rushing, 36 yards receiving, five total touchdowns. Total of 54 points. So obviously right up there with him, but this Vic performance has to go down as one of the all-time greats.
1: Oh, I definitely agree, and this kind of shows us again that Michael Vic is a phenomenal athlete. And that's one of the biggest things that was questioned about when he was coming back last year from his uh, time off due to all the charges and everything and jail sentence. He's back. I I guess you can say that. Um this is by far one of the most athletic performances. Not not only does a quarterback throw for 300 yards, four touchdowns, he also runs for 80 yards and two touchdowns. It's it's by far the the best performance out of a quarterback as an actual football player. Not not actual best throwing performance, but best overall performance yeah, yeah. from a quarterback that we've seen to date. And I guess this is kind of going to be a... a looking forward to what you want to see young quarterbacks like the Cam Newtons, like the Terrell Pryors that come out into the league to see if they can, can duplicate this.
0: Now, you and I are both on record as saying that um, it was going to be kind of a mistake for the Philadelphia Eagles if they uh, put Vic in there as their starting quarterback, take the reins away from Kevin Cobb, because uh, the, the the style of play is so vastly different that uh, it, it it would set back their offense as a whole when they when they switch back to using Kevin Cobb at this point in time,
1: I have to think that the Eagles are rethinking their plans for the future, don't you? At least through the end of the season, sure. y- you know he he is going to be a free agent, and they already have a quarterback on, signed to a pretty big contract. Yeah, Uh, if I I remember correctly. So do do you want to throw more money, kind of like the Cleveland situation where they threw a lot of money at both Quinn and Anderson? Yet these guys are vastly superior to either of them. But I I don't know if that's going to be the greatest situation to be able to put yourself into. But at least for this year, they should definitely ride Vic and until he, you know, gets them into the playoffs or gets hurt.
0: Now, I know it's been thrown
1: out from time to time, but
0: I have to think if the end of the season rolls around and Vic's performances stay on this level, obviously you can't expect him to have uh, these types of performances week in and week out. But if he's a top-tier quarterback in the NFL when the end of the season rolls around, I think if you're Andy Reid, you have to start shopping Kevin Cobb, or if you don't feel like Vic is your future, you got to start shopping Kevin or uh, Michael Vick, because when you've got these two types of talents on your team, that's I think where Cleveland made a mistake when they had the situation that they had was they didn't make any use out of the talent that they had out of the hot streak that. Uh, uh, Derek Anderson finished the season with. They, they they never made use of that. They never got anything returned for that, and I think that Andy Reid is a smart enough guy that he's not going to let the opportunity pass him by.
1: Oh, yeah, he's definitely a, a smart guy. Just look at the Donovan McNabb deal. How often do you see a starting quarterback, probably one of the top five quarterbacks of the last 10 years, get traded, let alone get traded in, in division? So I, I don't know if... M- Vic being 30 years i don't know how long you can ride him it'll be interesting to see if they do keep him and if they do shop kolb if they uh that's most likely you're going they're gonna have to have a middle round draft pick spent towards another young uh quarterback because how long can michael vick rely on the athleticism that he's been given or that that he uses to succeed in the nfl
0: the one thing i think though is when you look at the way he's played compared to years in the past his athleticism is definitely there but I think he's done a lot less of relying on it than he has in years past. He's been a lot more patient in the pocket. And he's made a lot of plays that he wouldn't have made in the past because he would have tried to pick that ball up and take it past the line of scrimmage. And uh, as a player, he's definitely matured quite a bit. And maybe that is partially him acknowledging the fact that he is getting to be an age where uh, the knees start to go and the, the speed diminishes and uh, he just can't be the freakish athlete that he's been in the past.
1: Yeah, and, and, and hopefully he can keep continuing on these performances. I know they talked about on ESPN where they're already sitting down, him and, and Andy Reid, and probably even the quarterback's coach sitting down and going through game fill, film. So I, I think you said it right. I, I think he's matured a little bit over the past few years, and this is definitely a completely different Michael Vick than we've seen in the past.
0: Now, of course, that was the talk coming out of the Monday night football game. The talk coming into the game was the uh, surprising news that Donovan McNabb had uh, agreed to a new contract with the Washington Redskins. Somehow in the rush to get this story out into the presses, um, the the responsibility to report the truth got lost in the shuffle. Uh, early reports indicating it was $40 million guaranteed and $78 million total. Uh, those aren't quite the numbers we're seeing in real life, are they, Bob?
1: Uh, no, they're not. Uh, this doesn't seem actually to be a bad idea for for Washington. They they've always had a, a constant quarterback problem in in the past few years, and we know that Donovan McNabb isn't going to be playing up to the par where he led Philadelphia to three or four straight NFC performances. But he's definitely a quality guy. You know, you you can't really hinder your, your uh entire organization with with this contract which is not a bad contract it's not a bad signing for for Washington hopefully this can get them to focus on to getting a actual solid team around him now yeah I believe the
0: actual number guaranteed is 3.75 million this year the remainder of the contract is at the team's option beginning in the offseason this year if they choose to renew it Smart contract, if you're the Washington Redskins, I think it could have been a little, I think it would have been a little bit better for the organization if they had guaranteed McNabb one year after this year and made the additional portion after that optional, because at that point in time, you can see what your options are for the future. I think in this particular scenario, as long as McNabb doesn't stink the place up for the remainder of the season, they pretty much have to kick in the option for the rest of the contract, because
1: who else are they going to put in a quarterback? That is a good question. You, you, I still think McNabb definitely has those years, though, and it. <laughs> you're right there. They're, they don't have anyone, so they need someone, and this kind of stabilizes the position, and hopefully they can get a young guy who they can groom or possibly get a free agent to put behind him that, that might continue beyond the, the three to five year.
0: Maybe they could trade for Kevin Cobb.
1: Oh, the irony. <laughs>
0: Well, if he's
2: anything like Brett Favre, he's got another 30 or 40 years left in him. So.
0: One player who's guaranteed money who has definitely been in question as of late is Cam Newton. Of course, all the rumors floating around about the uh, money that he was asking for from Mississippi State recruiters. A lot of allegations and things floating around. At this point in time, there's so much smoke that there almost has to be a fire to some extent um do you do you think uh newton
1: comes out of the smell like roses well he might end up in the rose bowl uh that's where the championship game is this year maybe uh other than that i don't know (laughs) this is just a very sticky situation to be in i do like gene chizik's style of we're just gonna play him you know i i don't think that this auburn team would be anywhere near as good without him so that he sort of has to ride him in into wherever they're going so he if if there is any trouble which it does seem like there might be you, you, you can't not do anything now you have to ride it out you have to play through it and just kind of wait until the off season to see if there's any actual truth to anything and then any circum or uh consequences for everything that's happened down there
0: yeah there's been a lot of there's been a lot of blog posts and a lot of things that I've read out there, basically assuming that this whole season is going to end up being for nothing because the stuff that has been quote unquote agreed upon um, uh, there was there was a story from a local news station down in Mississippi, I believe that was uh, reported as stating that uh, Cecil Newton Cam's father had pretty much owned up to the fact that he had in fact asked the Mississippi State recruiters for money. But he had done it without Cam's knowledge. Um, I, I, I see a lot of a lot of websites pointing to NCAA rules and specifically SEC rules, where they indicate that this player can lose his eligibility because of these types of violations. Let me let me kind of just read a little bit here from the uh, NCAA rule book because this is this is what people are interpreting as being the downfall of Cam Newton, and see if you see if you see the same problem with this that I see. The rule of for unethical contact or conduct, section 10.1, letter C, knowing involvement or offering or providing a prospective or an enrolled student-athlete an improper inducement or extra benefit or improper financial aid. That sounds to me like the institution has to offer it. The fact that the father solicited the services is not covered by this statement. The fact that Mississippi State turned down the uh, the solicitation, so to speak, means that Mississippi State, in that regard, seems to be free and clear. The only time that, to me, comes into play is if it does turn out that they have a smoking gun pointing at Auburn that they did, in fact, pay the student to come there. In this case, I don't know that there is that smoking gun. I think they would have found it by now. the The opportunity that Auburn has to run into trouble, I think, comes in a little bit more with the uh, SEC rules, which uh, leave a little bit more to the imagination in these in these types of scenarios, but in that case, um, if you if you look at the SEC rulebook, if they do determine that he's ineligible, he would then only be ineligible for SEC conference play. So, if at the end of the year they win a national championship, they'll be the national championships, but the league will disallow their knowledge of the SEC championship being theirs. And if you won the national championship, do you really care?
1: No, and that seems to be one of the lovely, lovely SEC rules or, or things that the SEC just sort of just doesn't care about. You know, they'll definitely take the glory of the national championship over an SEC championship. You know, that's like uh, USC or, or even TCU, not TCU, but SMU, when, when they got uh, blacklisted and pretty much had had their entire football program disbanded if they kept all those records and all those national championships. I don't even know if they did win a national championship, but uh, it, that's such a ludicrous rule.
0: It is. It is. And, you know, first of all, it's not like nobody remembers what happened. Like, does, did, did you forget that Michigan went to the Final Four and lost to North Carolina? Did you forget that that happened because, the final, because that Final Four never happened? It didn't. It, it didn't never didn't. happened. The Fab Five was paid, so it never happened. It's kind oh. of a Jedi
2: mind trick.
0: I like to look at as I like to look at it as the fact that Ohio State lost to Michigan in the Elite Eight that year, so therefore Ohio State never got beat because Michigan wasn't there. So technically, there were what five teams that tied for national championship that year? Because if you're in the NCAA tournament and you never lost, didn't you win a national championship?
1: Oh, gotta love revisionist history, right?
0: <laughs> I like it. Anyways. Um, it, the the thing that I think is most similar to this situation was the uh, situation that uh, Alabama found themselves in with Albert Means a few years back with the famous Philip Fulmer whistleblowing incident where a kid who was uh, going to Alabama was soliciting funds and actually got money um, in the total of, I believe, $30,000 um, with the rest to be due to him at the uh, after his first uh, time on the field or whatever. But uh lot of lot of disciplinary action came down from that. Uh Alabama lost twenty-one scholarships and banned from postseason play till I don't know, they hired Nick Saban. I don't know when that when that went off. It wasn't it wasn't that long ago though, is my point. And ultimately what happened to the player in this scenario who was the one soliciting himself for the money, he transfers to Memphis because he's no longer eligible in the SEC. Because specifically because he took money. And again, in this case, we have no evidence that Cam Newton took money. He took the money, he transferred to Memphis, lost no eligibility at Memphis, played an entire, although it uh an exciting career for the Memphis Tigers but he never got punished in any way shape or form and i don't know when i'm reading all these things that i see from from the different blog sites and different experts who are who are insinuating that auburn is making a huge mistake by playing him because if they would if they would deem him ineligible and then a, a, appeal to the NCAA for his eligibility then they can get get you know kind of Forgiven for any anything that might have happened, the fact that the the assumption is that they're rolling their dice in this scenario to me is a little bit uneducated. Look at the history of what we've got. Everybody who's ever gotten in trouble for it before has either had a smoking gun in their hand, or it was the school that got in trouble for paying the money. It was never the kid.
1: Yeah, you know, even if we uh, look at Reggie Bush, you know, he he had to give back the Heisman, but. What does that really do? he's still in the NFL he's still making millions of dollars. He still won a Super Bowl last year, so we we expect cam Newton to actually be leaving this year, especially after this year and how he's performed Some NFL team will take a chance on him, and this story will be nothing by the end of the year once the football season's over once we've declared a champion, it'll probably be forgotten about
0: now do you think uh do you think it's fair to Uh, specifically not vote for Cam Newton for the Heisman Award because of all this uh, hoopla?
1: I actually sat down with uh, my best friend Adam the other day when we were sitting down and talking about all the other possible Heisman. There's no one like Cam Newton this year. There's no one that that can legitimately step up and say, hey, look, I I am the reason why my team is here. Yeah, you have the Kellen Kellen Moores, you have the Andy Daltons, you have the LaMichael James at this point those might just be system guys cuz look look at um like Garrett Blunt who had a really good year last year and the previous year before that uh Kellen Moore pass happy Broncos yeah he's been the best of the quarterbacks he, Jared, Jared Zabranski had a hell of a career boy yeah State too. Ex- exactly and and TCU is as good as their offense been they're known for their defense so i i really just don't think that there there's another viable option at this point. I
0: think there were two other viable options at the beginning of the season, and both of them fell off. And that was uh, uh, Martinez. Is that his name? Martinez from Nebraska? There's there's Martinez from Nebraska, and of course, Denard Robinson. Uh, if, if he would have been able to maintain the record-breaking pace that he started the season off with, there'd be no question than to be in this conversation. Um, even now, I think you look at Michigan, and and they are a team that you could specifically say that Denard Robinson is the reason they are where they are, but where they are isn't that great.
1: No, because they have no defense.
0: So I, I, I'm with you, and and the whole the whole concept that I should withhold, and, of course, speaking hypothetically as if I was a Heisman voter, the whole concept that I should withhold my vote from – for for Cam Newton, because of the fact that something might happen, I think is inexcusable. Because, yeah, there's a possibility that he may win the award and it might be taken away the same way it was with Reggie Bush. At this point in time, it's not unprecedented, so it's not the big deal that it was with Reggie Bush. First of all, let me just state that. And second of all, if he doesn't get charged with anything, if he is not ruled ineligible and he didn't win the award... What's your excuse then?
1: Yeah, that would that would actually be a bigger problem for the Heisman um, voters and and the Heisman organization in general. I think I think in the in the Reggie Bush instance, there were there was Vince Young who had a phenomenal year who actually could step up and make a case saying that I should have won that award. I, I understand them not taking a revisionist's uh, approach and giving it to Vince Young and then just vacating it. And I, I think they would do the same thing. They would just vacate it. And it, 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 if he does, if, if we do find out that he did something wrong and, and got paid to, to be there, what's the worst that happens? Okay, we have a vacated Heisman. The world moves on. We'll, we'll always be looking at next year to see who the Heisman people are before the season starts.
0: Yep, agreed. It's uh, it's it's the sound way to go. you got to give the kid the votes. He earned them. He deserves them. Let's, uh, let's not pretend like this stuff hasn't happened before. Switching so gears a little bit now over to the NBA and the much ballyhooed Miami Heat, who, by the way, on their website, they now have instructions for how to be a Miami Heat fan, which is great.
1: You mean actually show up to the games?
0: On time. Stay in your seat until the end of the game. Stand up and clap when good plays happen. Things like that. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but no other team in the NFL would ever have to, or in the NBA would ever have to do that. Am I, am I wrong?
2: I don't think so. I I can't think of another team in the NBA that would have to.
1: And, and I'll, I'll even direct that a little bit further. I'm sorry to the entire state of Florida, but your fans are kind of lukewarm at best. You know, you see it in Miami, Florida, Florida Marlins, Jacksonville. The only team that's really gotten any support has been Orlando, And that's just since they've been good.
0: And, of course, that's referring to the pro teams, which if you even look at the college teams, the ones that have been the, uh, the big well supported teams have been the panhandle teams, the Gainesvilles and the Tallahassee teams. It hasn't been the University of Miami. For all the more success the University of Miami has had in their tenure in, you know, the, in the eighties and nineties, they never really had that strong hometown fan base that a team that has that kind of success should have. Anyways, that being said, I think a big part of the reason why it's a hard thing for fans to get into the Miami Heat is because of the absolute poor play from one Mr. Chris Bosh, the RuPaul of big men.
1: <laughs> Gotta love Shaq, you know. And, and and as as much as there there were a lot of people out there, you know, lauding him for this this crazy comment, it's proving true. You know, he he is definitely the the Star not as brightly lit up in up in the Miami south beach sky. He's never been really a go-to guy. He said in the off season that he want he didn't want to play center because he's not a a, a big banger guy he's your, he's gonna be your possible stretch four but he doesn't really have that great of a shot. So for miami this, this in hindsight you, you have a problem here. You're you have the scores in LeBron and D Wade, yet you give the the, the game winning shots to Eddie House. Okay, there's there's a problem, but you just are getting out rebounded by teams. You just don't have that strong interior present. And any team that has a, a strong front court, you're gonna have trouble with them.
0: Don't forget about the point guard.
1: Who? Don't forget about the point guard. Who?
0: Well, exactly the point? Oh, okay. I mean, you, you look at their losses this year. They've lost to Deron Williams, Chris Paul and Rajan Rondo twice. Which, by the way, I, I'm pretty sure that you will be able to buy, if you can't already buy, I'm pretty sure you can already buy Rajon Rondo posters with Chris Bosh standing under him looking like a wuss, refusing to even get in the way from that m- monstrous dunk that he had over the b- quote-unquote big man last week.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming Dan Gilbert probably has those already lined up on the press of fathead. <laughs> Yeah,
0: the the uh, the interesting thing going back to the RuPaul comment was uh, Shaq post- posted pictures of his uh, his self dressed in Halloween costume dressed as a woman. I thought it was kind of interesting. Same Beyonce
2: uh, songs, right?
0: Yeah, something like that. He yeah. was he was he was uh, dressed completely in drag for Halloween. Posted pictures of it on Twitter. Yet yeah, this is the guy that calls somebody else the, the RuPaul of Big Man. But uh, you know he, he definitely he definitely has a point when you look at the way that uh, when you look at the way that chris Bosch has played this year it has definitely been the weak point and and somehow he manages to ride the coattails to the title of the greatest trio in nba history as it was so dubbed in the ridiculous over-the-top celebration have. that they had
1: yeah I, i've already heard talk and rumors out there on the uh, web about how riley is secretly looking to unload bosh already to actually get him to uh possibly get people who can actually play (laughs) you know uh like we mentioned earlier they are struggling in the uh, point guard spot with both carlos arroyo and eddie house there that's definitely not a a quality position there and then their big men are joel anthony who is a solid third big off the bench zedrunas olgauskas who's on his last legs who would probably be a good fifth big so yeah, you have Udonis Haslem there, who, who's actually been the only bright spot in the rebounding. So they definitely need another quality big man, or 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 we might actually be seeing more Juwan Howard down there.
0: You know, on the on the subject of the holes in the roster, um, LeBron has been on record over and over again indicating that he does not want to be the point guard for this team. When you see a glaring hole in your lineup, and you know that you have the capability to fill that hole and fill it quite successfully why
1: wouldn't you want to be a point guard I, I think this just boils down to ego just like in, in the offseason we'll, we'll go back to Bosch about how he didn't want to be a center you're a big man you're a big man when you have your two other dominant guys are both Wade and James they need to be in control of the ball there's your two guard system. You know, throw out two other tall guys and a seven foot dude. You should be able to be okay with rebounding. You should be able to click as a team. You shouldn't need a point guard on this team.
0: Agreed. Agreed. If if the players on the court are willing to take the roles that uh that should be on the court, then then this isn't a problem. The uh I, I think the big thing about it is LeBron wants to be his own guy and, and there was there was all of these there were all of these talks from people like myself and a lot of people who get paid a lot more money to talk about stuff like this than I do. Um, well, people who get paid in the first place to talk about stuff like this, uh, saying that, that in this type of a system, LeBron is going to end up being someone who uh, defers. And I think the the title of point guard to LeBron means that he's giving in to the naysayers who said that in this system he was going to have to defer. Ultimately, you want to win championships, though. Yeah.
1: It, it's it's funny because they had the celebration at the beginning of the season, like they had already won the championship. LeBron James has always been compared to not Michael Jordan. He's been compared to uh, any any of the point forwards that have come before him. I, I think the biggest one is either Magic Johnson. Or Oscar Robinson, you know, the, these guys who have the ability to create for players. Yeah, they can shoot, but he has such a unique skill set. And, and if, if you put him in the point guard spot, he was never at the point guard spot here in Cleveland, but he still controlled the ball. Sure. What, what, what's the difference? Oh, he got tagged. He, he's the point guard. You signed on Dwayne Wade's team. You are now LePippen. Just get over it. Play your role and win the championship.
2: I yeah, I think it is. It all goes back to ego, and I think ultimately, until LeBron gets coached, he's not going to win a championship.
0: Um, yeah, you know, this whole this whole conversation started off as Chris Bosh, and, and and we got off topic. Uh, ultimately, I think what it boils down to in and you know we've said this multiple times throughout this is they've got three guys who need the ball in their hands. Uh, Well, two guys that need the ball in their hands. But the truth of the matter is we've got three guys that need the ball in their hands. The only reason that Chris Bosh was ever as successful as he was in Toronto was because he was the number one option. And there was no question about it. The reason that he scored, the reason that he was successful, the reason that he made a name for himself was because that he, as a big man, to the largest extent that a big man can, he dominated the ball. Now that he's in a situation where he can't, He's not getting the touches. If he wants to get the amount of touches that he wants to get, he needs to toughen up. He needs to get the boards. He needs to go in and get offense rebounds, and that's the only way he's going to get the ball with a with a with a consistent uh, with with any consistency is to go out there and get it himself because he can't rely on the ball being given to him because there's just too many other uh, too many other scores on the court, and ultimately his defense is questionable at best. He's he's soft in the post. And uh, ultimately, unless he has some type of a Pau Gasol-like rebirth, he is not a part of a championship team. And if they want to win anything, they need to get rid of him and possibly fill in some of the other holes that they have in their lineup.
1: Yeah, I, I think the big thing that they're missing is an energy guy. I know U- Udonis Haslam tries to be that part. He's doing an okay part. He would actually probably be better to start for them and have like a Anderson Varejao, a... You know, just a high-energy guy who doesn't care if he gets the points, but moves around, distracts the defense. Even a Glenn Davis, you know, just that guy who's a quality big man off the bench.
2: They can't have and, Anderson Verge
1: Well, I'm just using that type of, that type of player. The, the thing, thing is, is they, they
0: can't have any of these players because wow. they don't have any rosters yeah. or cap space right. to do it. And especially when you talk about a cap that's going to probably shrink next year, they're going to be in an even worse situation than they are now. Especially since they don't have any draft picks for like the next twenty years. Cause Toronto and Cleveland's got all their draft picks. Sigh. So I think uh, I think that's about it. Bob, why don't you uh, why don't you cue the outro, sir?
2: It's not a cookie mother, it's a Cam Newton. This has been Sports on Point. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please send us your suggestions on how we can improve the show and your comments to feedback at sportsonpoint.com. You can also call the show at six four six 39. nine point that's 6468
0: six, six, thanks for listening everybody and just one last thing i want to mention remember that if your team has to post rules on how to be a fan you are not a fan and
1: if you need to look for fans let's go to the university of akron and the supporters of their soccer team